started. So whenever you're ready. What up, Long Beach? Welcome back to the one and only place to talk Long Beach State sports with Long Beach State's athletic director. As always, this is the LB Fee Show hosted by the 562.org. Today, that is just me. I'm Mike, JJ, our normal co-host, uh, not able to be with us today. But uh, that's okay because we've got extra guests anyway. We'll be joined a little bit uh, later on by Mike Campbell of the uh, Long Beach State Beach Volleyball Team, as well as one of their uh, stud athletes, Emily Mattoon. Great conversation with Mike and Emily. Definitely stick around for that. Uh, but before we get to that, we've got to bring on the man, the myth, the legend, Andy Fee, Long Beach State AD. Andy, how you doing? I'm doing well. Greetings and salutations to you and everybody out there in LB Nation. Aren't podcast introductions annoying? <laughs> it's like you got to come. I feel like I got to come up with something different every single time. Like just saying, hey, how are you doing? Is that good enough? I, right. It's like I, I host a couple of different shows at this point, And it's always like you go through the script and you're like, people know what the show is. Do I need to do all this? But then you also know that you've got Long Beach State Beach Volleyball fans who didn't necessarily tune in to hear about softball and baseball. So you do have to explain it. But anyway, exactly. Um, welcome to you. It is that championship season. The uh, spring postseason is starting to ramp up. We've got uh, the water polo team headed out to Hawaii. Uh, nice choice there for the Big West tournament. And, uh, and the men's volleyball team, currently number three in the country, is hosting CSUN on Friday, uh, then traveling to CSUN on Saturday. And then next week, they're headed out to Hawaii for uh, the Big West Tournament. So lots of stuff going on. Dirtbags are at home at Bull Diamond at Blair Field. Tonight, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, uh, tonight at 6 o'clock, I'll be out there. Um, so a lot going on, Andy. How are, you, how are you splitting the time up? Busy. I mean, it's, uh, but it's the best part of the year. Um, you know, obviously, you fall sports and you get to the end of the semester. And same thing here. We're getting closer to towards, as crazy as it sounds, end of the semester and you get to championship season and that's what all the hard work and the blood, sweat, equity, et cetera, goes towards. So now we're, you know, starting that process, you know, women's golf's playing in the final round of the big West women's golf championship up in, in San Luis Obispo. And next week you've got men's volleyball and women's water polo. And then soon it'll be men's golf and, you know, down the list of, uh, of, of sports and beach volleyball, et cetera. So it's getting to that, nerve-wracking point of the season where you know things are on the line and you know you always say every match is important every game is important now you're getting down to literally singular games matter I mean for example men's volleyball they win on Saturday they clinch we didn't win Friday we win we clinch but you like the next win matters right so it's fun and nerve-wracking and stressful but it's why we do what we do yeah, let's talk about that men's volleyball team for a second. Uh, dipped with that loss to UC San Diego on Saturday. Uh, very impressive win on Friday in the pyramid. Lost on Saturday. They've, they've struggled a little bit on the road this year. They dipped down from number two to number three in the country. Uh, they're still one of the top teams in the nation in uh, RPI. So you feel good about their NCAA chances. Uh, that will be at UCLA in the Poly Pavilion for local volleyball fans uh, who want to start making their, their plans for that first weekend in May. But um, it does start to tighten up a little bit when you go, oh, well, but we do, you know, there's matches you sort of as a writer, I'm sure for you as an AD, we can count them a little more for granted than I'm sure the coaches and players do. Um, but then you get to that point in the schedule and it's like, you do have to get that done. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it just, it feels a little different than it did two months ago. You know what I mean? 
right? No, you know, two months ago, it's, ah, we're a work in progress. We're figuring it out. We'll get it done. Well, you know, and now it's, there is no time to put it off. You have to do it now. You have to, you, you know, ideally, I mean, Alan and his team wanted to win more than anybody, but, you know, the obvious is you got to, you know, the next one clinches it. So now it becomes those actual discussions that coaches like to dance around. And I get it. You know, you don't want to speak too early to something, but you can't avoid the topic now because it's all seedings and right. opportunity to play for the postseason. Yeah. And obviously in that sport, in all sports, that's what it's all about. Um, I did want to touch briefly on the dirtbag series last weekend because it was like just a classic baseball rip all your hair out of your head. Uh, <laughs> the dirtbags dropped the series 2-1, but did break the program record for runs in a game on Saturday. Um, I think put up 32 hits. <laughs> it's just like absolutely nuts, uh, you know, and then the bats quieted down a little bit for Sunday. Um, how is it as an AD? Is that as frustrating as it is for your fans where you're just like, like I, I told JJ and Tyler, we're covering the Grand Prix the next day after the big game, but I was at um, the Los Altos youth fields with my son for practice Sunday morning. And I told JJ, I think 15 people made the same joke to me between the car and the field about, boy, I wish the dirtbags had spread those out a little bit more, you know? And it's like, it's just a baseball ritual that we all have to say this to each other. <laughs> but, but do you as an AD, do you feel the same thing? Do they get to 25 runs and you're like, hey, how about tomorrow though? Of Let's course, <laughs> of course. I am uh, I'm as guilty as anybody kind of saying, hey, you want to save a few? Or is there any way we can, uh, you know, work backwards? And, uh, you know, I think <laughs> right. we got, you know, six or seven one-run losses. Can we subtract you know, eight runs off of that, you know, can then can we take another eight runs off for, you know, Friday, and then we'll, we'll just accrue <laughs> 10 runs to start up 10 runs on Sunday. Yeah, and it's, it's perplexing. And, you know, you could say, well, maybe the pitcher wasn't that good. I don't think that's it. You know, maybe the pitcher for San Los Obispo, Cal Poly didn't pitch great. But I mean, I don't think they trotted a guy that typically is, you know, or guys that are going to go out and give up, you know, that many runs. And that they're not usually good. giving up 30 runs on Saturday. Correct. Yes. So, sure. you know, we obviously probably was, you know, as they say, the confluence of everything, but why it happens in certain games and not in others. And, you know, I think we've got seven, maybe six or seven, one run losses. Why do we have so many of those? And, you know, I don't, you can, what if yourself to death, but yeah, I'm as guilty as the next person of sitting there as a fan watching a score, watching a tracker going, whoa, hey, you know, I'm in the yeah. same boat. I wanted to ask you from a, you are an administrator who, um, you know, I'm not saying this to puff you up, but just having been around you for a lot for your time in Long Beach, you seem to really genuinely care about the people who work for you and their families and everyone's emotional and, and mental health. Um, I have been remarking to everyone, I don't think anyone who works in education or sports has ever needed a, like a spring break and a summer vacation more than everyone does right now. Do you, do you have that sense? Like there hasn't been a normal summer since 2019. Do you have that sense? Are you encouraging people to like take a little extra time this summer to just like, Hey, it does feel like knock on wood, we've made it through a significant portion of dealing with COVID. Are you sort of encouraging everyone to, you know, loosen the belt notch a little bit as they, as they get towards the summer here? Most definitely. And, you know, everybody's been impacted, you know, in our little world, so to speak, you know, the great part about our jobs is practices, it's games. And 
for at least the first year for sure, most of that was taken away. And even in the second year, it wasn't even close to being the same. So you had all of the immense pressure and stress. I mean, last year at this time, baseball's playing and there's just as much stress last year. They may not have fans at the games or maybe we're limited to 450 fans, but they're trying to win the game just as much, but you're not getting the same return. And sometimes right. the return is just the experience. It's just being there and having a great game. You may lose it, but hey, the ambiance was great. The fans were awesome. It was a, you know, a heavyweight bout. It was unbelievable. And a lot of that hasn't been around. It's been all of the stress and heartache. And yeah, I, I, I've been telling everybody, I'm like, unplug, unplug, unplug. You know, do you have staycation? Hey, staycation, just run right. plug is the biggest. <laughs> right, beat right, right. I think we're all guilty of that. And I'm extremely guilty. I'm horrible with that stuff. And I'm always telling people to do better and I, I need to do better. But yeah. The point being is, yeah, I, 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 it's been, again, for everybody, a brutal two plus years. And we, it's, you know, hopefully we're in that better world where the fall is more normal or is normal, so to speak. And it's not going to be any less crazy. It's going to be crazier. So, right. you know, we need people to be able to recharge their batteries. You know, we need people to be able to take that breath, take that you know, mental moment, as I call it, just to, I don't know, think about the, the ocean, right? I mean, just 10 seconds, like <laughs> the Tom commercial, right? Like, right. You know, yes. for 15 seconds and we, we, we all need it. And if we're going to go forward and do more and push hard, we need to be able to do it in a good place. Um, and I need a break. I, you know, it's been a brutal, I keep saying yeah. it, but yeah. it's, I mean, I've aged, you know, five years in the last two. You have got even... more. You you've got more gray hairs than you did at the start of the LVP show experience. I can confirm I, that. Yes, I'm laughing, but I'm crying at the same right. time. I am literally battered and beat, but that's okay. No. That's, yes, that's my job. That's what my role is. But it's been a lot. So the point being is, all of us need a a rest, even if it's just a staycation to just veg out in your backyard and do nothing but whatever you like doing. Right. Yeah, I think that's well put. And I, I think you hit on the, the metaphor I'll probably use going forward, which is that return, right? Like everyone who works in sports, the work is all like, I joke with people all the time, like when you're off work, that's when I'm working, right? Like that, and that's how it is for everyone who works in sports. The games are not usually held nine to five, right? <laughs> I wish, but, but as we've had to deal with all of the complications and with the lack of fans, especially for so long, you're right. It was the return. It was like twice as much work was happening on the more stressful part with so much literally that you're getting back. And I never really thought of that as a, like an energy output energy return, but you're, you're very right about that. And I know this school year has been filled with a lot of those moments for JJ and I of like really appreciating there being 400 people with you at a soccer game or a basketball game. I mean, it, it like almost didn't matter the size of the crowd, just that it was like, you're running into people. You're, you know, <laughs> you're getting that, that kind of exchange. That's a great way of putting it. Well, um, I certainly echo everything that Andy had to say there. I know at the 562, um, I'm really encouraging all the people who work for us as well as our freelancers, the exact same thing. Like 
you you know my my daughter who's in kindergarten now was like two when the pandemic started <laughs> it's just yeah. like you know it's like you've got to really like search back in time for the last summer that you went into where you could kind of just get away a little bit and you weren't like well, I, I, I would love to relax, but I have to create eight contingency plans for what September's going to look like. <laughs> Correct. Correct. And I think the stress, if you talk to most people, I think a lot of us have been like, well, I've had trouble with time. Well, and well, maybe it's just me. Like I was at an event on Sunday night and it was yeah. great. because I got to see people and I was talking about something and I was like, oh, that was, you know, I'm like last year. And I went, no, wait, that was two years ago. Right. And I think the stress, all these things have affected us in a lot of ways that maybe we might, maybe everyone else realizes, but I think like time is something that I've lost track of. Totally. And I think for stress, for a lot of things, I just have a tough time remembering, was that a year ago or was that two years ago? Like literally right. from March 12th, 2020 to today, I don't know how many days it's been. I know how many right. days it's been if I pull out the calendar, but if you ask me, right. maybe one day, one day I might say it's been 365 days. Right. And the next one, I'm going to say it's, you know, 730 or right. whatever, you know, I mean, yeah. so yeah, I, I for think sure. we all need, uh, we all need to give ourselves a break and each other a break. That's for sure. No doubt. Well, stick around for our interview with uh, Mike and Emily. Uh, we, we talked about some of those, you know, changed views of sports and, and what all that means post-COVID, but great conversation with them, so stick around. We are thrilled to be joined by our special guests for this week, Mike Campbell, the longtime head coach of the Long Beach State Beach Volleyball team, and Emily Mattoon, who's a player on this year's team. The Beach are uh, right in the meat of the schedule here. They're going to Arizona for the Arizona Invitational at the end of this week. And then we've got the Big West Tournament up at Slow at the end of April. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for hopping on. Mike, pleasure to be here. Thank you for having us. Yeah, of course. So Mike, uh, just tell, you know, give uh, listeners a little bit of an idea of where you guys are. I know, uh, I know you, you guys did, you scheduled the way I like when teams schedule where you put together a real schedule and kind of challenge your team early. Um, and so, you know, you're probably hoping that that helps you be a little bit more prepared for as you're, you're coming down the home stretch here. Is that right? Yeah, I think just going through last year and not having a fall and, and getting right into spring and we had a little bit of an easier schedule. We, we didn't get some of the challenges we needed. And, and so late in the year, we were a little unsuccessful. We hadn't learned some of those those tough lessons from failure and we we weren't recovering very well in, in match. And then, um, you know, this year having a fall, knowing the team I had as I built the schedule throughout summer and fall. Um, yeah, I mean, we played 10 ranked opponents in our first 10 matches. And that was half of those teams were all ranked in the top 10. And that was all by design. Um, and, and yeah, the teams responded. And now we're starting to hopefully continue to reap some of the benefits of that. But we're starting to, to beat some of these teams that are ranked comparative to us very close. Right. And, and we're not just beating them, but we're, you know, these, these are, I don't want to say easy wins. They're very competitive wins, but they're, we're starting to end up on, a, on the, the winning side of a lot of these close games that we're normally right. we're, we're losing as of last year and early in the season. I can speak to that a little bit more since I don't have to worry about upsetting a, a, someone I'm going to be coaching against. You guys beat Pepperdine, who's number 16-4-1. You're, you're uh, pretty fresh off of a 3-2 win over number eight Stanford. So some good results to show the benefits of that scheduling philosophy. Emily, I'm curious from your perspective, we talk about this like scheduling for confidence versus scheduling for actually preparing your team. 
for you as a player, is there a time during those first 10 matches coach mentioned where you're like, Hey man, maybe throw us a bone here, you know, give it, <laughs> give us a couple of easy ones. Or are you conscious, even as you're, you know, maybe you guys struggle a little bit out of the gate that, Hey, this is going to pay off at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, as a team, we appreciated that he believed in us and had the confidence in us to like set out this ambitious schedule for us. Um, and I think after those games, I think going into them, you know, we had to really mentally prepare and that's hard at the beginning of the season. And then um, afterwards, I think we felt like, geez, we're neck and neck with all of these like top 10 teams, you know, like, and I think that instilled the confidence in us that um we can beat these teams with the right preparation and like he knows that so it was a good start to the season as far as like having some um optimism and um a real ambition going into the season something to work towards so yeah for sure um you know i'll start with mike but i definitely want to talk to both of you about this um i really enjoyed watching kind of the explosion of beach volleyball at the youth and collegiate level over the last decade um mike whenever we would talk to you know misty or uh or hot, like any of the pro beach players you'd always be like what is it going to take you know for beach volleyball to and there's all these questions about how do you form a viable league? You know, what kind of backing it needs to have, et cetera. But the one thing that everyone would always say is it's all about college scholarships, right? If college scholarships are available in a sport, that means it's going to exist at the high school and the club level. And then, you know, quite frankly, in sports in America, that's really where a lot of the money is, obviously, right? And yeah. so as, I mean, I covered the Long Beach State team that won the national championship before um you know before it was an ncaa sport when i think they were making everyone call it sand volleyball um mm -hmm. because they felt like beach was going to exclude the people in the middle of the country or something yeah <laughs> and now obviously it's a it's a it's a big sport it's an ncaa sport it's got tv deals all of the you know power five schools are pouring money into it um for you personally how gratifying is that to kind of see the growth of it? Um, I know you're like most people who work in beach volleyball. You also coach indoor club, right? Like there's very few people who are only making a living on the beach. Um, but how happy are you that there's been that kind of growth? And, and do you see that continuing into the future? Yeah, that's that, I mean, you bring up a lot of great points. I think first off, we're, we're extremely grateful to see it because like you said, just just as a the ability for me growing up playing this sport just for fun to now right. do it as a coach and mentor athletes that have that same passion. I mean, what a way to make your living. Yeah. So just, just from that sense, it's so gratifying. And then the secondary is the competitiveness of what we're seeing nowadays is night and day compared to what I saw in 2014 when I first started the year after the team won that championship. Yeah. Um, I mean, back then, if you had two, five seven five eight five nine players that could pass and set you were winning pretty much every match at the yep. fives fours and even at the threes yeah um and now i mean that's not getting it done you've got to be polished in all areas you've got to be very like emily was mentioning earlier you got to be very well prepared mentally to problem solve and and i think a lot of that starts with the fact that these players are now specializing right around 15. Right. Yeah. When they're young, they get to play all the sports, which is a great foundation for athleticism and the brain recognition and all that. Um, and then when they get into high school, now there's league opportunities. I know that in Long Beach, we have right. now a league, a league for beach volleyball. I mean, what yeah. an amazing opportunity for someone who otherwise might not be able to afford the sport, which is extremely expensive from a right. club standpoint. Right now you get to go to a high school, public school, and you've got the opportunity to play and learn and 
get coached by some great coaches. And um, I think it's just awesome. And like you said, it it's opening doors in the NCAA. I mean, with the expansion of the tournament to 16 teams, that's just another yeah. sign that the NCAA is on board with it. So schools are going to continue to move. I mean, it's, it's, I believe the fastest growing sport right now. We, we, yeah. we're definitely seeing that statistically and, it's it's like I said, it's just so competitive. It's so fun to watch. It's so fun to be a part of. I think that growth will continue. Yeah. Um, Emily, I'll just put it a little bit differently for you. I mean, you are, we were just talking uh, off air. You're one of those athletes who like these kids in Long Beach. You're doing beach, you know, and then you're doing club indoor. And now it's starting to turn into a world where, you know, if you're a 15 year old kid now, like coach was saying, you might be able to just pick beach, you know, and say, this is what I want to play. And this is what my scholarship's going to come in. Um, would that have changed your approach when you were in high school? Would you have looked at, you know, your schedule and, and time a little bit differently if, if you were in high school now? Definitely. Um, I think it, I played, you know, um, indoor all the way from like, I don't know, 13 till, um, my senior year of high school. And I think um, I had to juggle both for a long time because I didn't know if there was opportunities for me to play um, beach in college. And I just felt like, I, you know, I couldn't put all my eggs in one basket when right. there was like maybe 12 of us that played a club, like growing up, I grew up in NorCal. And now to see the difference between like then and the club I played for, you know, it now has like hundreds of girls in right. it and like, Beach was just emerging then, and now like NorCal is competing with SoCal, you know, at the juniors level, which is really exciting to see. And I think if there was, um, you know, more competitive like club opportunities for me growing up, like there are now, I think I would have stuck with Beach a lot earlier, because um, I think that I knew that's what I was drawn to, and I kind of just stuck with indoor as like a like a fallback option, you know, because I wasn't <laughs> sure um, if I could, you know, play at a high level. In, right. Uh, in college and that's what I wanted to do so yeah um, yeah what you know what's what to you is appealing about beach over indoor is it getting to be more involved in each point is it how well-rounded you have to be like what do you prefer about beach to indoor even you know as you said something mm -hmm. you sort of knew early on in your career yeah I get this question a lot and like it's one of my favorite things to talk about just because I think there's this joy that comes with beach volleyball, um, especially when you've grown up playing, you know, like in a hot convention center and it's loud and like, you know, parents <laughs> are involved and, um, you know, there's six of you on the court. So you could just, you know, go through a whole rally and not touch a ball. And um, especially I played at a, a really high level indoor where um, I was mainly like a bench player. Right. And, um, you know, I got some opportunities to go in and make a difference, but my team was like a number one in the country. So um, I just felt like I had a very different role versus stepping onto the beach where I'm touching the ball every play. Um, I control the game. I'm very involved. Um, I'm coaching myself. Like there's a lot yeah. of autonomy that comes with beach and, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't get any better than playing on a Southern California beach, you know, like under the sun, like with your best friends and the community of beach volleyball is just amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mike, obviously, you know, Long Beach has been central to the beach volleyball community in a lot of ways for a long time, but you guys really brought a, uh, an, an elite event down here this year um, on the beach in Long Beach um, and uh, at Rosie's Dog Beach for the Big West Challenge. You guys had a, a ton of top ranked teams. We had photographers out there, I think, for uh, Friday and Saturday. And it looked like it was just an absolute blast. Um, how important was it for you to have that kind of an event here and, and to kind of keep Long Beach's presence 
um, as a regional, uh, you know, magnet in, in this sport. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was huge. I, I love hosting down there. I think I've tried to, I try to do it almost every other year. It's a huge budgetary cost, but it's worth it to me for, like you just said, I want to involve the community. I want people that are just riding their bikes or just yeah. cruising by to stop, see our logos, see our tents and go, hold on a second. What's going on here? Yeah. Long Beach state's involved. Let me, let me, let me, you know, become what I call just a, a flyby fan. You know what I mean? I'm just cruising by, but all of a sudden now I'm engaged. In- I'm a fan for 45 minutes. I'm a huge fan for 45 minutes for sure. Right. Yes. It might, you know, it sparks interest. And, and, yeah. and the, these women are so phenomenal at what they do out there. It's, 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 it's not just, okay, let's, let's just enjoy the sun anymore. It's let's enjoy the, the weather and some extreme competition. And like you said, the, the teams we had across the board, every team in our conference is bringing it. And these matches are exciting. You know, there's no, okay, this is an easy win. No, these are, these are exciting matches with high level volleyball being played, competitive athletes out there giving it their all. And it's, it's really engaging. And so being able to do that at a place where we're a mile away in our backyard, getting to do it in a, you know, in that community setting and, and, and keeping it in Long Beach is, is, is really, really important. And I'm going to continue to try to do that every year. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I, I loved having those teams there. I was, um, we joked on a, a previous episode of, uh, of this show with Andy. Um, I live right by the school and that weekend I'm like, why, what are all these charter buses doing? I mean, it was just like a steady stream of charter buses going by my house and um, I was, I, you know, <laughs> we get the photos and I'm like, right, everyone, <laughs> it's like all of Southern California and around the state are here for the Big West Challenge. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That parking lot was busy. We, 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 were, we were running out of places <laughs> for them to, 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 to park. Yeah, we, we had about seven or eight of them coming in. That's awesome. Um, Coach, walk us through the roster a little bit. You know, who are, um, aside from uh, Emily, who we really appreciate being here, who are some of your other top, uh, top athletes that, you know, people can expect to see if they, if they come out and, and check you guys out? Yeah, so we, well, we've got a, a, a great group of seniors. We've got, five, you know, five seniors, technically actually now six. I was just notified one of our girls is going to graduate in the fall. She's not going to use her COVID year. So we're, we're happy for her there that she's, you know, moving on and getting yeah. into her profession and her, her, her passions. But yeah, we've got, so Emily is, is, is one of our, you know, core starters right in the middle of our lineup at the threes. Um, we've got Nikki and Claire, Nikki Reinkin and, and Claire Newlander playing together at the fours. Those are two of our, our five seniors. Um, one of our seniors is, is away from the team right now, Mari Molina. She's been our just foundation at the ones for many years. Um, she took a personal leave, but we're still going to honor her. Um, and then Alice Pertessi is at the ones currently. She's another senior. And then Sophie Major uh, is playing at the five. So we've got top players kind of throughout our lineup, but playing different roles, all from that senior group, exempl- you know, exemplifying all of our core values. So I, I highlight them. There's, you know, there's many other players that are out there doing some great things, but yeah. I highlight the seniors because for us, that's really, you know, the legacy that we leave here as, as players and what, you know, I talked to the team a lot about this this year is, you know, we're, we're, we're at a place with the growth of the sport where all of our current lineup gets to reap the benefits of, you know, everything, every player before them. And right. so we're, we're, when we're losing these close matchups, I'm asking players, hey, I need you to dig deep for your seniors. I need you to see the strength around you of our, of our team and what these seniors have put in for you. And I want you guys to play a little bit more for them and a little bit less for yourself. And that's, I think, hitting home. I think Emily can speak to that maybe in a second. But, um, you know, our, our seniors are, are who we're going to highlight this year. And they've, they've put in a ton of work. They've been through 
the pandemic like many other athletes, but they've, you know, kept this team together. Um, we have a, a, a leadership group that Emily's a part of with a few other seniors and, and it's just the core of what we do here. You know, we're playing a sport. It's, it's for fun at the end of the day, but the core of what we do is building relationships with one, one another. And these five seniors exemplify that the best. And so those are the names I want you to watch because they're the ones that are, you know, with their play going to inspire you and, and, and cl most closely identify with what I'm trying to build here. Yeah. Emily, can you speak to what coach is just saying, but also I'm, I'm curious for your take on um, the pandemic was, you know, obviously horrible for everybody, but um, really difficult for athletes just because, you know, you have those plans that you'd sort of set out from when you were probably very young and obviously everything's so disrupted. So, you know, what, what's it been like for you just kind of getting to get back into the, the flow of things again this year? Right. Um, I think it was um, a wake up call for a lot of people, um, especially for me. I think I play with more gratitude now. It definitely changed my perspective of, um, you know, we're just so incredibly blessed to like be a part of this program and get all the opportunities we do. And so now when I step on the court, I, I know that um, a lot of people don't get the opportunities I, I get. And, you know, like that could all change in, in a day. Like I'll never forget that day last year when um, we, I woke up from a nap to a text from Mike that was about two paragraphs long saying, you know, like our season has ended, like we don't know much now. Um, and it was just heartbreaking, you know? So now um, being able to have a full season and compete alongside my teammates and um, just go out there and battle with them, just, I don't know, there's no other feeling. Um, yeah. There's no other way to explain that. It's just phenomenal. Um, and then in light of what Mike was saying about our team, I think um, one of our strengths is just that we all play with um, like a selflessness and you can feel that energy at practice that you want to make the person next to you better. And it's not like um, focused on the self. And I think that that's what we do best is that we all want everyone to succeed and we have this great team camaraderie. Um, and I think it's one of our strengths and what will push us through in those really tight moments to win. So, yeah. Uh, well, well said. Last question, uh, Emily, you, um, you, you know, we were talking off air as well about you, uh, you, you were volunteering as a coach this year at a, a local Long Beach high school at Milliken coaching the indoor stuff. Um, are you a volleyball lifer? Did you make that decision already <laughs> that you're just like, you're going to find a way to, to make your job in, in, in that sport? Yeah, well, I, I would love for volleyball to always be a part of my life. And I think that's um, another one of the things you can highlight about the sport of beach volleyball is you can play it up until you're, you know, however old and um, you can find a way to be a part of the community. And I really do love coaching. Um, I'm a sports psychology major right now. And um, I think I will have a future in coaching in some way or another, um, whether that be indoor or beach. But um, I just love the opportunities it creates for kids and um you know I coached at Millican um last year and it was during the fall and um there were some days where I was like running from class to practice to <laughs> our practice you know and um, or I'm walking into the gym all sandy and working with yeah. these kids but at the end of the season hearing um how much they enjoyed and appreciated the experience um was it was super rewarding so I think I'll always have um, volleyball in my life in some way or another. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, uh, we've got uh, we've got the Long Beach State Beach volleyball team, their top 15 team in the country. They're making a push for the NCAA tournament. They will be at the Arizona Invitational at the end of this week. If you're looking to catch them in Long Beach, they will be back April 23rd. 
on that Saturday for a, uh, a Cal State off with CSUN, Cal State LA, and CSU Bakersfield. Uh, Mike, uh, thanks for joining us. And thanks to both you guys for making the time today. We really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you for having us, Mike. Have a good one. Thank you. All right, our thanks to Mike and Emily for joining us. Uh, great conversation. Um, love uh, love seeing the growth in beach volleyball and and uh, what to, you know two great people to talk about that for sure. Um, Andy, this is a sport that's kind of taken off in your tenure, right? I mean, it's now it, it seems like every year it's growing rapidly at the NCAA level. Um, I think you made the joke to me. It might have been Bruce McRae, but I think it was you who said, "Like, well, we we obviously have to add beach volleyball as a full sport because it's quite literally the name of the sports programs here." <laughs> yes. Um, how much of a no-brainer was that for you? And you know, how how happy have you been to see the continued growth uh, of of things on the beach for the volleyball kids? It was a no-brainer for sure, and it fits us to a T, our community to a T. I think it's only going to grow. It's, I believe, the fastest growing NCAA sport. So the the sky is really the limit in terms of, you know, we've gone from eight teams in the postseason. This year we're going to 16. Um, that's going to, I mean, I guarantee you very quickly, probably in three, four, five years at most, it's going to go to 32, if not more, based upon the, the rate at which schools are adding the sport. So you always want to get in on the ground floor, in my opinion, on, the, on a sport like that and added a new sport uh, because you that's when you get the ability to kind of establish yourself. You're not having to claw your way in. Like if we added right. football all of a sudden, like everyone add football, great. Well, not only do you have to like get up and going, you have to claw past all these established programs. So I'm so happy that, that we added the sport when we did here from the outset uh, at the beach because it really is a challenge trying to, at, it's like joining a marathon at mile, you know, 20. Right, right. And you actually are eight miles behind the guy at mile 20. Right. Going, right Wait a right, second. Right. How am I supposed to catch up eight miles in the next two minutes? Yeah. Impossible. For sure. Well, before we get out of here, we always do our uh, Long Beach recommends. Uh, Andy, do you have a, a movie, a TV show, a restaurant? You have anything that uh, has brought, brought, brought you and uh, your family some happiness that you want to recommend to uh, LB Nation? Well, it's not not a new recommendation at all, but it's one that I have not, we haven't done, I'm going to say almost in two years, and that's uh, The Boathouse, John Morris's uh, restaurant. It's so beautiful down there. Yes. Um, you know, we, we just went there, and again, it's not new, but we just haven't, we haven't been doing it. We haven't been doing anything like that. So, you know, it was better than I remembered it. It was, it was awesome. So for me, I always loved going, I used to go there all the time, right? I mean, as a lot of yeah. people, but we stopped, I stopped, you know, trying to right. do, the, do the right thing, so to speak. But, um, you know, a lot of the things it's, it's rediscovering things, at least for me, that I was very familiar with that have become oddly unfamiliar. So for me, get down to the boathouse. Maybe I'm the last one to get back to it, but if you haven't been down in the boathouse in a while, get down to the boathouse, absolutely beautiful. And, uh, you know, John's a great supporter of the program. So a lot of love and a shout out to the boathouse. I love that. Uh, I've spent uh, a great many Tuesday nights of my life there at uh, Century Club meetings. I've run into uh, to you and the fam many times. <laughs> and for sure, like, one of the best views uh, of any restaurant that I have ever seen anywhere in the country. Uh, and I've gotten to go to a lot of places up and down the coast, but man, it's 
perfect, perfect position. Um, I'm going to go somewhat similar in that it's an old thing we're rediscovering, but we, my wife and I took our kids to see Sonic 2 on Saturday, and it was the most fun we've had. And it was like, I, you know, I don't know the last time I... It might literally have been Sonic 1 the last time we got to take the kids to the movie theater. It's like, you know, we just, it's like you said, we were doing the right thing. We'd been waiting and it felt a little weird to go in and try and like take the mask off, eat some popcorn, put the mask back on. So we'd just been waiting, but um, our son is a Sonic maniac. And so we went and it was just like, he was just like whispering, oh my gosh, to himself. And, you know, like <laughs> putting his hands on his head, his mind was blown. It was just the, the best experience. So I, I, I got to get... I got to get back to that. Sorry, yeah. sorry yes. to jump in, but your recommendation is where I need to go next. I, I'm a big movie guy. I love movies. Yes. The last movie I saw, this is why I get it, was I saw 1917, which wow. was like December of 2019 that I yeah. actually was in a movie theater. How nuts is that for somebody who loves movies? Probably gone what right, yes. Yeah, we have the same thing. It's like my wife and I, we're, we've, we're coming up on our 20th anniversary. It's like we go to the movies once a week for 20 years and then not for two years. <laughs> it's like it just very, Crazy. very unusual. But I guess as we're hitting the spring here, uh, that's a good thematic thing for, for this episode. We've got championships coming up. We've got hopefully a great summer on the other side of that for all the Long Beach State fans out there. And uh, thanks to producer Roger for the show uh, and the help as always. Andy, thanks to you. Thanks to Mike and Emily for joining us. And uh, we'll see you guys in two weeks. We'll be talking some golf. Looking forward to it. Bye.